A few years ago, a book came out recounting the remarkable story of the Arctic explorer, Sir Ernest Shackleton. He set out for Antarctica in 1914, intending, once he got there, to cross the entire continent on foot. But a year later, his ship, the Endurance, struck ice and eventually sank. The men from the boat camped on a drifting block of ice and eventually found their way to a deserted island. But no sooner had they gotten there that Shackleton realized he had no time to lose. He had to set out once again for help. So he took a few men with him on a dangerous 800-mile journey and left the rest under the charge of his second-in-command, Frank Wilde. For four and a half months, the other 22 stranded men waited to be rescued against outrageous odds. But remarkably, Wilde kept their hopes alive. How did he do this? Every morning, he rolled up his sleeping bag in anticipation of the return of Shackleton and said, get your things ready, boys. The boss may come today. He believed that Shackleton was coming, and he acted on that belief. In a similar way, today's gospel passage teaches us that God's blessing comes when we believe the promise of God and act on that belief. This story takes place right after the angel visited Mary, and when Gabriel visited Mary, he conveyed God's promise to Mary that she would conceive and bear a son. In addition, all these wonderful promises, too hard to believe, really, remarkable promises about uh, the son that she would conceive. And so Gabriel also gave her a sign. He said that Elizabeth, your relative, in her old age will bear a son, and she who is considered barren is now in her sixth month. Now Mary might have been skeptical. She might have said to herself, I've been out in the hot sun all day. I probably just imagined the whole thing. <laughs> but instead, she believes and immediately puts her faith into action. She goes to visit Elizabeth in order to confirm the angel's word to her. In other words, to confirm what the angel said about her relative, Elizabeth. And she must be thinking, if I find that this is true, what, what the angel said about Elizabeth, then that will give me further ground for belief and confidence in the rest of what the angel said. As with Mary, so also with us. Acting in faith brings God's blessing. So when we get to the passage for today, what jumps out in this passage is, is probably John jumping in the womb of Elizabeth. It's really a remarkable moment, and we see in embryo, literally, the, the ministry of John the Baptist pointing to Jesus as the forerunner of the Messiah. Uh, but you have to imagine what Elizabeth must have been thinking these past six months. Uh, you know, past childbearing ages, age, and the stories that must have been going through her mind were the stories of, that she was familiar with, the stories from the Old Testament, especially those that mirrored her own story. Um, her situation must have made her think of the birth of Samson, the birth of Samuel, um, and probably especially the birth of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. Those two stories have a lot in common, her story and Abraham and Sarah's story. Both couples 
uh, were well past childbearing ages. Uh, the letter to the Hebrews says that in a very unflattering way that Abraham was as good as dead when he <laughs> had Isaac. Both couples, were, both women were considered barren and both were considered righteous. They were both uh, people who were following the Lord as best they could in their own lives. And so you can just imagine Elizabeth seeing her own story reflected in that story of Abraham and Isaac. And also with the remarkable promises that were given both to Jesus and to John the Baptist, um, you could see her also associating those children, her children, her child and, Jesus, and Mary's child, with the remarkable promises that God made to Abraham, the promises that, uh, that finally find their fulfillment in Jesus, uh, to be a light to the nations and to draw people to himself. Uh, what happened in Abraham's case, that God promised a son, Abraham believed that promise, even though it was against all odds, and then the blessing is fulfilled and a son is, is given. That pattern is repeated over and over again in Scripture, and it's repeated in the story of Mary that we heard today. God promises blessing, uh, Mary believes, we were to believe in the promise, and then that blessing is fulfilled in our own lives. And I think this is why Elizabeth, uh, when she, in calling Mary blessed, she's not only saying something about Mary, she's also stating a general principle. Well, the first time she says, she says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That's what we would expect, talking directly to Mary. The second time, however, she, she gives, you, gives us the reason why Mary is blessed. And she states it in the third person. Rather than blessed are you, she says, blessed is the one or blessed is she who believed in that, the, that there would be a fulfillment to the word spoken to the prophet, by the prophet. So this general principle is one that applies not just in Mary's case, but in all cases, in our case as well. This is the same reason why Jesus, later in the gospel, uh, has this remarkable reply when someone says, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Which is not at all to denigrate Mary, it's a way of saying what makes her truly blessed is something that is available to all. It's something that we can all enter into the faith which believes God's promise. So when Mary comes to Elizabeth and sees her six months pregnant, this fulfillment of the word of the Lord through the angel confirms the rest of the promises that the angel made, confirms that they will too come to pass. And here, Mary illustrates how faith can grow in our own case as well. You're probably familiar with the, the, the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It's a beautiful hymn, great text by Robert Robinson. And in our hymnal, the second verse begins like this. Here I find my greatest treasure, hither by thy help I've come. But what Robinson actually wrote was, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. Now you might think, well, that was a good change. <laughs> what was he talking about with this whole Ebenezer business? Um, but that actually recalls both a general practice in the Old Testament and also a particular story. The general practice is whenever God would rescue his people, they would call out to his people, he would rescue them, and then they would raise up a, stone, a mount of stones or a stone monument in remembrance of the way that God has helped them. Ebenezer just means stone of help. And so they would raise up this monument 
And every time they saw the monument, it was supposed to remind them that God was faithful in the past and that he would be, continue to be faithful in the future. It, it also recalls a particular story when this actually played out um, in the time of Samuel. The people of Israel were battling the Philistines back and forth and God kept on rescuing them. The ark gets captured and then the ark gets returned and the Israelites are celebrating. And then the, peop- the Philistines attack again and the people cry out to the Lord and the Lord rescues them, throwing the Philistines into confusion. And at that moment, it says, Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer. For he said, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Hither by thy help I've come. Um, This practice is a wonderful practice of raising up Ebenezer's. It's something that we do in church when we gather together as a community. We remember and recall the many great deeds of God throughout history, through our through our readings, through our preaching, through our hymns, through the Eucharistic prayer. Um, But it's also a wonderful practice that we can all do individually in our own lives, as families, as individuals. Has God rescued you? Has he brought healing? Has he provided for you in some way? Has he proven himself faithful to his word? Then raise up an Ebenezer. Write down the story that you have as a reminder when memory fails of the ways God has been active in your life. And share that story with your family and friends. After a while, you will look back and be astounded at how many Ebenezers you've raised. And this will help us, in turn, to live out our faith in confidence. For every time we see a promise fulfilled, it is a further confirmation of God's faithfulness and ground for us to step out in faith and continue our journey like Mary, trusting that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken by the Lord.